those of us in real estate, we all have our story. Mm -hmm. And and what makes real estate a unique asset type, all right? Uh, yeah, what makes it distinct from stocks and bonds and and all, all those boring assets uh, is real estate is more than an asset to most people. In fact, most people don't even think of it as an asset. It's where we work. It's where we play. It's where we worship. It's where we heal. It's where we get married. It's where we break up, right? I, it is the, like the built environment, you know, that buzzword. Um, it is where we live and survive. That is real estate. And so as, because of that, there's the human connection to real estate. And so most of us end up having a story of why we went into real estate and it's not quite so simple as my junior, junior year in college, there was a job that came up and the next thing I, you know, I was in real estate. For most of it, that, that's not the story. Welcome to the Placemaking Podcast. Podcast. The show geared at helping real estate developers learn and understand important aspects of the development process while improving communities one at a time. Each week, we'll discuss major facets of the real estate development process with industry professionals. Now, here's your host, Matthew Lowe's. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Placemaking Podcast. I'm excited to share this next conversation with all of you. This week, I have Spencer Burton on the show. Born and raised in the Northwest United States, Spencer Burton has nearly 20 years of residential and commercial real estate experience. Over his career, Spencer has helped close $4.5 billion and underwrite $30 billion of commercial real estate at some of the largest institutional real estate firms in the world. He is currently the head of real estate investments and member of the founding team at Stablewood Properties. He is also a co-contributor and co-founder of Adventures in CRE, which we will discuss more about here in a bit. The firm he co-founded, Stablewood Properties, is a data-infused real estate operator formed by a team of expert real estate and analytics professionals. Stablewood combines the best of traditional real estate investments and management with proprietary data analytics and machine learning to better incorporate previously inefficient processes throughout the entire investment life cycle. Now to discuss his other passion project. The Adventures in CRE website. ACRE focuses on sharing quality content around three main areas our readers care most about. Learning and using advanced concepts in real estate financial modeling. Gaining and enhancing skills used in commercial real estate via formal and informal education. And preparing for and advancing a career in commercial real estate together with a comprehensive job board with hundreds of CRE jobs. I've provided a link in the description below for you guys to check out. So in this episode, we're going to discuss how Spencer got started in real estate, certain resources that he believes are most important to an individual's success in real estate, and tons of useful tips he would give to others that are looking to get into commercial real estate as well. So as always, if you have enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the show and share with all of your friends. There will be more exciting conversations on the shows to come. I can promise you that. So without further ado, let's start the show. Hey, welcome to the show, Switzer. Hey, Matt. Great to be here. Yeah, glad to have you on here. 
I am excited about this conversation ever since I found your website and heard a little bit more about your background. I've given people a little bit of a taste of your history and your background, but let's kind of unpack that and get back to where it all began, per se. So could you tell us a little bit about uh, your foray into real estate and then we'll kind of take it from there? Yeah, sure. So I grew up in the the Pacific Northwest, um, born in Montana, uh, went to high school in Idaho. Um, actually spent the first few years of my career in Boise, Idaho, um, working in, uh, kind of in land brokerage and, uh, had a, a, a mortgage company actually, this is pre crash. And, um, at a certain point, uh, the, the market wasn't good anymore and I had an opportunity actually to, to go work for a residential land developer, um, developing, single family housing projects in Latin America. And hmm. so I, I ended up leaving uh, the Northwest, uh, moved my family. Um, really, this was 2008. So in the thick of the Great Recession to uh, Panama of all wow. places and spent nearly seven years there developing housing neighborhoods. And, you know, it great experience. Uh, at a certain point, uh, I, I knew in my career, I wanted to a get back to the United States and um, I'd, I'd been wanting to increase the size and scope and sophistication of the deals I was working on. And, and so it made sense to go back to school. Um, mm -hmm. So I went, uh, spent two years in upstate New York, got a master's in real estate finance uh, and pivoted to the institutional side of the business, to the commercial investment side of the business. So I uh, went and worked for a large uh, 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 real estate investment arm of a large insurance company. Um, and effectively looking for uh, core real estate investments or um, debt investments, equity investments on behalf of, of the balance sheet of the LifeCo. And did that up until recently where I uh, left to uh, pursue some entrepreneurial uh, interests that I have, including a, a new real estate firm um, that I'm, uh, I will be announcing in, in the coming weeks. <laughs> um, but some, some exciting things for me personally. Um, uh, at, at the same time, while I was uh, in grad school, uh, myself and a friend, uh, Michael Belasco, we um, noticed that, well, we, we wanted to find real estate financial models that we could download and play around in. Uh, and what we soon learned that you couldn't find that online. Um, <laughs> and so we just started emailing people and asking, hey, would you mind sharing their model? And the response was always, yeah, I'll share it, but please don't show this to anyone else because it's, it's a proprietary, proprietary yes. <laughs> model, you know, right. And that kind of bothered me at the time, uh, because when you're young, you're trying to learn, you really need to understand the tools of the trade and, and be able to look at them and, and play around with them and get proficient in them prior to actually getting a job. And that sort of thing just didn't exist. And so Michael and I just kind of made a commitment to ourselves that as we grew in the industry, as, uh, um, we developed our skills that we would share that. And so we, as we built models, we just share them online and early on it, they were purely free. We just simply gave them away. They're still free today, but, um, we got tired of people asking to, uh, uh take us out or offering the, to buy us a, a beer. So, uh, we, we changed our, our model from download for free to pay what you're able uh, which in most cases is free and that's totally fine, right? Um, there's, a, there's a few people who, who offer to pay something. We always appreciate that and it, it just kind of aligns interests. And 
uh, makes it more worth a while, a while. But anyway, that that's me, Matt, in a, in a nutshell. Wow. There is a lot to unpack in that. <laughs> there really is. <laughs> um, so you, you started out in the Pacific Northwest and it's a beautiful area up there. That's, it is. Yeah. And then you go to another beautiful area in Panama, I would yeah. assume. I haven't oh, been beautiful. There. Gorgeous. Yeah. 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 In fact, uh, there's days where I go, what are we doing here? Uh, I love Texas. So I'm in Dallas now uh, for those right. who are unaware. And I love Texas. Um, but in Panama, yes, white sand beaches and more laid back culture. And we love Latin American culture just in general. I, I'd lived a few years in Venezuela. So um, I'm familiar with Latin American culture. And my, it was new to my wife. Um, but anyway, yeah, we, we loved it down there. And it's, uh, there's days where we wish we were back there uh, rather than here. <laughs> gotcha. And how long did you say you worked at uh, your institutional firm after coming back from Panama? Yeah, five years. Five spent years. five years there. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. There's just your whole transition, your your background, your experience. How I'm just curious. How were uh, things run down there in Panama? I just I was so curious about uh, you know is it similar as far as how the process the development process is handled or is it greatly different? Yeah. I mean, fundamentally it's the same, but when you get into the details, it's completely different. Right. Right. So the entitlement process is different. The, 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 the construction process is different. The, the sales and closing process is different for, for an example, uh, you sell homes at housing fairs, right? So there's not like a, a a community of realtors who are running around connecting buyers with sellers. That's not how it works in, in new housing. That's not how it works down there. So how it works is you, the, and you're called a promoter, not a developer down there, promotor. Um, you as the promoter or the developer, uh, you develop uh, sales and marketing materials. You haven't built a house by the way. Uh, and you take these sales and, and marketing materials and a team of marketing professionals and you rent a booth at a weekend housing fair and it is like a carnival. Uh, I'd never seen anything like it. It is uh, shoulder to shoulder people for days uh, <laughs> buying houses, sight unseen, unbuilt, uh, right? So these are, might be considered build the suit, but they're not really the suit because they're, they're predefined plans. Um, but they're all build jobs. You, you have, and so if effectively you go to the housing fair and you sell out a phase uh -huh. and now you have your mandate. And uh, then you go to work. Uh, likely your phase is already entitled, but you go to work uh, building that phase. Uh, and then you do it again. And they have these housing fairs about once every couple months. Uh, so that, that's one example. Along the line, everything is different. Now, um, at its core, it's the same mm -hmm. uh, in terms of analyzing it. The, the demand drivers and, and the supply drivers are all the same. But um, the process is completely different. Uh, you learn. Um, there, there's a learning curve, a steep one. In fact, when we got there and talking to everyone, um, we were new to Latin America. And the, the firm, uh, the, the patriarch of, of the family office uh, that, that uh, I worked for, and, and uh, uh, he had experience with Latin America, but not this particular business line. And so um, there was definitely a learning curve. We expected three years and it took twice that. Um, <laughs> and that's okay. It was, it was a great experience. I really enjoyed my time there, met some incredible people, uh, learned a lot. Um, so yeah, it, beautiful country. 
it's uh, fascinating. I don't have a bad thing to say about Panama. I just absolutely love my time down there. <laughs> it's fascinating. I can't believe, I mean, that, that doesn't surprise me. And, and like you said, it's fundamentally the same, but obviously there's, there's differences, but was there a defining moment, you know, throughout this period or, or even prior to that you knew that real estate was kind of your calling? It seems like it is at this point, but was there a defining period? Yeah, no, that's a good, good question. In fact, um, so you have your podcast series. I talked to a lot of people on the phone. It seems like those of us in real estate, we all have our story. Mm-hmm. And, and what makes real estate a unique asset type, all right? Um, yeah, what makes it distinct from stocks and bonds and, and all, all those boring assets uh, is real estate is more than an asset to most people. In fact, most people don't even think of it as an asset. It's where we work. It's where we play. It's where we worship. It's where we heal. It's where we get married. It's where we break up, right? I, yeah. It is the, like the built environment, you know, that buzzword. Um, it is where we live and survive. That is real estate. And so as, because of that, there's the human connection to real estate. And so most of us end up having a story of why we went into real estate and it's not quite so simple as my junior junior year in college, there was a job that came up and the next thing you know, I was in real estate. For most of it, that, that's not the story. So my story right. is um, I was in the ninth grade. I wanted to earn some money. Um, had a family friend who uh, ran a local um, plumbing company and uh, not a uh, new, new construction plumbing company. So <clears throat> this particular firm, uh, right, put in the, the, the sewer and water pipes in new homes. Well, they, they also did commercial. And so I got a job in the shop at first, uh, organizing um, plumbing f- fittings and pipe and uh, sweeping the floor. And I was 14 years old, uh, <laughs> almost 15 at the time, right? And I started doing that. And at some point, I really enjoyed the job. It, it you know, made okay money. I think it was like four and a quarter an hour. Um, I'm revealing how old I am, but, um, uh, you know, and it, it made some money and that was nice and it allowed me to buy a car. And, um, but I don't know, it, it gave me purpose beyond just the school thing. And, and so I, I stayed around and, uh, when the summer came, so th- I'd work kind of evenings and nights. And when the summer came around, I had an opportunity to work, call it up an apprentice, but I wasn't even really an apprentice in, in, the, in the official sense, but mm-hmm. an apprentice plumber. I was an assistant and I'd go out on the job. And um, uh, over time, my job was to go in the crawl space. I was the young, young guy with the good knees and I'd go down <laughs> the crawl space and I'd, I'd uh, plumb the, the water pipe. And, but every day uh, we'd, we'd, we'd show up at work and we'd get in our van and we'd drive out to the job site and I loved pulling in the neighborhood and you got all these houses under construction, just buzz going on. And, and, and then three months later, that same place we'd been is now complete and people are moving in. And then a year later, the, the neighborhood starting to grow up and, and that place that I'd lived at, that was two by fours and, and dirty streets and a couple hundred construction workers is now like kind of this buzzing world completely disconnected from what I had experienced the, the previous year. And it was just cool. Yeah. Uh, and, and so 
around my junior year, I said, I'm going to own one day a housing development company, right? So, <laughs> in fact, uh, it was going to be called CN, CNV Construction. And, wow. uh, you know, I had this plan. In fact, um, at the time, uh, there were land developers and then there were home builders and there was no such thing in, in, in Boise, Idaho. Okay, keep in mind. <laughs> and I lived in a very small uh, bubble at the time. Um, I didn't realize that there were national home builders that did it all like, vertically integrated. And so I thought, you know, my, my home building companies going to be ver- vertically integrated and we're going to do both the, the horizontal and the vertical. And, um, I mean, it didn't quite work out that way because I discovered over my career that I do not enjoy residential development. Um, and and uh, effectively, I, I lived my dream in Panama. I was a, a minority partner in the company. I, I ran the show. It was a lot of fun. Really, really enjoyed that. But uh, I, I discover that I enjoy, call it capital allocation, call it the 30,000 foot view a lot more than I jo- enjoy the weeds. Um, yeah. And so that was kind of the impetus for school. But uh, yeah, you know, my story came, started when I was just, I, I was a teenager and, and doing it and just fell in love with, with the built environment. That's awesome. Did they let you change the name of the company? Uh, no, no, but what's funny though <laughs> is, uh, so it's C and V and the, the B is Burton and the C is Carlson. And, and that's, uh, my, my good childhood friend. Yeah. And he texted me a week ago and there, uh, it, it, someone had used the C and B name and he, he wrote uh, should, should we send a cease and desist? Uh, <laughs> someone, I mean, it's a dumb name by the way. Don't even use it. But, uh, um, yeah, uh, that's, that's my story. Awesome. Yeah. And that's, that is similar to what I hear uh, across the board is, is something is a a thought and then it becomes tangible and just seeing those things happen, seeing those created is, is really what drives a lot of uh, the development folks that I talk to and the same with engineering or or any other skill set. similar. They all have that kind of vision to create and build. And, and that seems, seems like you're in that same camp. <laughs> well, you know, so that, that's, what's funny, right? So I thought that I wanted to be on the development side of the industry and I spent 10, almost 12 years, call it give or take uh, a year in there in development. And I discovered I don't enjoy the development piece. Now I, oh, yeah. I love real estate. I, I enjoy the business of real estate. I, to me, what I like is adding value. And so development is adding value. You take bare land or you take, um, uh, underused property and you envision something new. Uh, what I do is effectively the same, but with existing property and, and, uh, even core in my mind, a core real estate investment, there's value to be made there or to be added there um, through more efficient operation uh, or through just um, good operation and, and you provide steady cash flow. But um, interestingly enough that the development piece is not as fun as I thought it would be. Uh, <laughs> but the, the, the other parts that I've, I've now discovered in my career and I love what I do now, but that's a, oh, that's a good point. You did kind of transition there, and uh, yeah. to you know, you found what you were good at, and you and you made a pivot there. That's that's awesome. So, what's what's a piece of advice you give somebody that's maybe just starting out, looking at maybe getting in development or getting into an analyst role or 
or some other subset within uh, there's so many pieces of the real estate, commercial real estate puzzle, but just uh, somebody that's just looking to start out. Um, yeah. Brand new. Yeah. That's, that's a great question. Um, so let's imagine you're a senior in college or a young professional uh, looking to, to transition into real estate, or maybe you're, you're well into your career and all of a sudden you've, you've decided that real estate's where you want to be. A couple of things I'll say. Um, given the, the unique nature of real estate as an asset class, and what I mean by that is, um, what do we know about real estate? There's a finite amount of land, right? And because there's a finite, a finite amount of land, uh, every property, every piece of property, every, whether it's land or existing building is different, a little bit different. So that's one, one element of real estate to, to keep in mind. The other piece is that real estate trades at, at a, a, a less frequent basis than say stocks or bonds that might trade daily, right? So uh, a property might trade every 10 years. Uh, the result of all that means that uh, the more involvement you have in each one of those trades, the more properties, because every property is unique and different, the more properties that you're involved in, um, the more we call deal seasoning you have. And in, in no other industry that I know is deal seasoning or experience, is deal seasoning more important than in real estate? Just, just because of those, those two unique elements of this asset type. Mm-hmm. And so that's one piece. The other is... Uh, because transactions happen left less often and um, because of just real estate was initially a family uh, business. Um, it was an industry that really didn't become institutionalized until the last 20, 30 years. If you can even call it that, right? I mean, institute institutions still only allocate, call it 10% of their, their total sure. capital to real estate. So it's still mm-hmm. an alternative asset type. And so as a result, there's less data in real estate than there is in other asset types. And as a result, the knowledge that you have or the, 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 the connection to knowledge that you have, the, the more value you have. And that translates to network. So really real estate's about deal seasoning and network. Mm-hmm. The bigger your network, uh, the more valuable you are. The, the more deal seasoning you have, the more valuable you are. Valuable to employers, valuable to investors. Now, why do I say that to this you know, senior in college right now. Well, the path you choose then is incredibly important, right? Because you get deal seasoned in a path, you develop a network in that path. Because those two things are so important, if you pick the wrong path and then you want to pivot like I did mid-career, so I'm telling this from experience, Mm -hmm. uh, you have to take a big step back in your career, because a lot of what you learn, that deal season in that network, aren't transferable to other parts of, of the industry. So let me give an example. Let, let's say that uh, you're uh, finishing up your senior year in college. Uh, your mom and dad are saying you need to get a job, you lazy bum. And so this great job at a, a senior housing development firm comes up. And you go, oh, that'd be great. You know, senior housing, it's a property type of jour, and um, I need a job and, and <laughs> it's more money than I've ever made, like literally ever made. Yeah. And so you take this job, right? And, and that's, that's logical, but there wasn't a whole lot of like 
um, introspection or strategy or planning around that decision. It was, I need a job and here's a job and you take the job and you go two, you three years and all of a sudden you've developed half a dozen senior deals. You've underwritten a couple hundred senior deals. You know, every metric, you know, all the players, um, you, you, you know the, the, the average time that your tenants are at the property. I mean, you, everything about senior housing, to a, to a certain degree, you've learned in those two or three years. And you, you are pretty valuable, enough where you could now move into a role that has some influence around deals. Um, but you realize that you just don't like senior housing at all. <laughs> Something about that. The, the, the property type just isn't that interesting. And they're all cookie cutter. And on top of that, you don't really like development. It, it, and, and, and so all of a sudden, you're seasoned in a property type, you're seasoned in development, your network is in a property type. And on top of that, maybe you're in uh, Sarasota and you really want to be in Seattle and your network's in Sarasota and all the properties that you know are there. And that's the market you know. Well, I'll tell you what, if you want to get into um, uh, value-add multifamily in Seattle, you're going to have to start all over again. It sounds familiar. <laughs> story. <laughs> and so um, it, it, at my, my big piece of advice is I got very long-winded, but this is important. Mm-hmm. Know your plan. Have a plan, know it, and be disciplined in it. And so think about where you want to be 10 years from now and then find a job that'll get you there. And if you have to, if it takes a few months longer to find the right job, it's better than having to start all over again three, five, 10 years from now. Right. Well, like you. So say you were going to pivot mid-career, like similar to what you did. At least you had some background. You know, you, you had a little bit of understanding. But is there, and we'll get to this in a second, but to accelerate kind of your, your learning curve, you know, you said being in front of deals is there a way you can do that without being in front of real deals? I mean, there's. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah. I'm really glad you brought this up because this is a piece of advice that I give often and mm-hmm. I feel like people don't take it. And so it frustrates <laughs> me. Okay. So there are these marketplaces online, Crexy, LoopNet, 10X. Mm-hmm. Um, and these marketplaces have thousands of deals that are ready to be underwritten, all right? You don't have to acquire them. In fact, most of the time, if it's, let's say you want to uh, get an acquisitions position at a private equ- real estate private equity firm. 99% of what you're gonna do as an analyst is you're gonna underwrite deals that never get done. Right. Okay, all right, you just like one day, just, just a barrage of deals every single day and, and most of them, you're the only person that actually ever looks at them, right? You're a screen, you're a filter. <laughs> for the, I don't want to say smarter, but the more deal seasoned people who are above you, you don't, they, they don't want to waste their time. And so they hire young unseasoned uh, uh, real estate professionals to filter for them, right? Mm-hmm. You can get that same experience without that, that job. Uh, now, the, the job gives you structure and the job gives you money. And so that's really important. Um, plus, it gets you experience and all those things. Obviously, the job is a better option. But if, if you're trying to get experience and you're not, you don't have a job yet, absolutely. Um, and so my recommendation is this. Learn. learn and there's a lot of resources online uh, where you can learn the basics of underwriting, say, a, a multifamily deal. 
uh, grab a model. You can grab one of ours for free or you can make your own. It'd be better if you made your own because you're going to learn a lot more that way. Uh, and then go on to LoopNet. And now LoopNet's going to you know, be upset <laughs> because I'm uh, saying this. But go on to LoopNet, go on to Crexy and start looking at these deals and pretend like you're working for a company that might be interested in that deal and underwrite it. And you're going to learn a lot about that. And then by the way, uh, everyone in real estate, and I, I tell this a lot to the young, the young uh, folks, you ought to have a deal sheet. So I have this sheet. I've been tracking it now for almost 20 years since I started the business. Every deal that I've ever done. Now I'm more, um, I'm more precise about it today. So now I track every deal that I underwrite. Early in my career, I only tracked deals that I closed. Um, but every deal you do ought to go in a, in a, in, in a spreadsheet or on a word doc or in some other format so you can track it. I love um, that. because that is your value. And at some point, uh, an employer is going to ask, Hey, what have you done? And you got it right, you know, right there. It, mm -hmm. You show them every deal and I, I can sort by property type. <laughs> I can sort by geography. I can sort by whether it got done or not and what the, uh, yeah, all those sorts of things. That, that's incredibly valuable. Um, and so, uh, I lost my train of thought, Matt. Uh, <laughs> you got excited. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. And so what I do for, uh, so I'm, I'm a civil engineer, so I work on site development projects and I put little pins on every project that I work on, on Google earth. And that's my way of tracking, but obviously I include some metrics in the, the pin, but uh, I like your idea as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my whole point of the, the deal sheet though, is you can track deals that you've underwritten, even if you didn't underwrite them on behalf of someone else and, mm -hmm. and maybe categorize them as such. <laughs> so yeah. that 10 years from now they don't get to mixed in with the, 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 the real deals. But right. um, yeah, uh, that's if, if I were without a job right now and I was working to get a job to, to learn, to grow, and by the way, it's impressive to employers. Yeah, I, I would go out and I would underwrite 100 deals that are hypothetical. I mean, mm -hmm. they're real deals, but you're, you know, you're not representing anyone who could actually get them done. Right. right. Well, let's, let's transition now to uh, your adventures in CRE because that's a perfect segue into your website. Uh, you're co-authored this, this website. Uh, and, and let's talk about that a little bit. And for those that don't know, there is tons of good information on there. And I found this out right when I heard about uh, Spencer here. And I have been tracking every week, just seeing what's coming up. But uh, there, there's so much good information on that. So if you could just give us a little bit of the genesis of Adventures in CRE and then kind of what information you like to post on there. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me tell the, the story of where it came, yeah. came from um, and why the name. It's a really cheesy, lame name. I know uh, <laughs> it just kind of happened. Uh, so I was, I, I went to grad school at Cornell and uh, as, as a grad student in our, our curriculum, we were required to take uh, six leadership credits. And so one of the courses I took was on entrepreneurship, right? And that was kind of interesting. And um, most of us in the audience were likely going to go get a job somewhere. And, and so our professor um, uh, taught about entrepreneurship, but in the frame of think about your career as your own business, right? And, and uh, part of having your own business is controlling the narrative around your business, controlling your brand, right? So there's a, there's a messaging, 
There's a communication element to that. And so you personally own your own brand. You own your brand, you own your messaging. And a great way to share your messaging and your brand to your consumers and in, in the, the sense of your own career, your consumer would be your uh, future employer, right? So you're thinking about like, I want a job one day and I want, if that employer were to Google my name or whatever, um, what, what comes up? Right? Have you, I don't know if you've ever done that exercise, man. Oh, yeah. You, you, you Google your name, you're kind of curious what comes up. And, oh, of course. Um, back then, so I went home and I did that. And I Googled my name and just kind of some random stuff. One, I ran track in high school, like, you know, 15 <laughs> years before, and there was some results from that. And, and some, you know, some Spencer Burton in Indiana who had murdered someone. I mean, oh, no. And then there's a Spencer Burton who, who's a musician in Canada who I've ever, never met, but I want to because his yeah. face is all over the place. And so that was what came up. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And so over the course of the semester, she encouraged us, uh, challenged us to take control of our online brand, right? And part of that was we did an exercise where we had to develop a pre, um, a Prezi presentation. I don't even know if people do Prezi's anymore. I don't know either. Yeah. Uh, they were, they were really popular back then. Yeah, they were. And, uh, um, and so I created this Prezi presentation. It was supposed to be like, you're giving a presentation, a call it a, um, not an elevator pitch, but, uh, like a pitch to, uh, if you're pitching a startup, we'll pitch mm -hmm. your career yourself uh, to a room of people. And, and you needed a title. And so I created this Prezi and it was like my adventure in CRE, uh, and you know, to Panama and there's, you know, a little bit of that. And, and, and that was the title adventures in CRE. And, and so over time in the semester, she encouraged us to start a, or she, she suggested a website's a good way to, to kind of own your brand. Sure. And, and so I, I went out and I bought spencerburton.org. And it was like a personal resume, like a virtual resume. Mm -hmm. And then and I wanted a blog and I, and I thought, yeah, I don't really want to blog under my own name for a variety of reasons. And so it was one of those things. And these, these, these happen where I went, okay, I need a URL. I'm on godaddy.com right now. I need a URL. <laughs> what should I use? And I'm sitting in, and we, we lived in this basement in Ithaca, New York, I mean, this dumpy thing. I have my three kids, and you know, it's snowing outside, and and I'm like, huh? Oh, and you know, and you're, you're typing different things in. Go, I mean, you've probably done Take it. Ever, oh, anyone no. who's ever, uh, <laughs> you know, you're trying to come up with like creative ones, and I'm like, ah, nothing. And then gotta I gotta add a Z in here somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so. Yeah, uh, I, I remembered that presentation. I went adventures in Siri and I'm thinking, okay, no one's ever actually going to read this blog. It's more about, you know, I don't know, uh, sharing some in interesting things. And any, everyone I'd ever known that started a blog, they had like three readers and, and whatever. So I'm like, what does it matter? Adventures in CRE. It, it breaks all the rules about uh, choosing a name for a, a website, but who cares? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I started it. And from there uh, I, I posted a couple things. Um, the, the plan had been anything that was interesting to me that I was learning, I was going to really like digest and I was going to practice and then I was going to share on this blog. And it was almost like a repository of what I was learning at this incredible institution. And I was loving what I was learning. And this is like a diary, if you will, yeah. that, that anyone else could come and, and read. And I shared a few things and it was kind of fun. Uh, no one was coming. I mean, it, I had Stat Counter back then. We use Google Analytics now. Well, we also use Stat Counter, but I, I, I was using Stat Counter exclusively, and there were like nine visitors in a month. 
I'm sure they're all bots. So, yeah, exactly. Um, and so I went to Michael Belasco, a good friend of mine, and he and I share kind of a, this, this passion for real estate financial modeling. And I thought it'd, it'd be fun actually to do this with someone else. And then we can share ideas and, and kind of, I don't know, bounce. I don't know. There's, there's momentum and, and yeah. energy when you, when you have someone else doing something like this. And again, there was no expectation, no plan to build anything other than we just wanted to share what was interesting to us. And he's, so we met in Statler Hall. At, at, there's a little cafe there. And I said, hey, I have this website and this is the name of it. And this is what I want to do. Are you interested? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. That'd be good. <laughs> and, uh, and so we started posting models and sharing, uh, uh, you know, whatever we were learning. And uh, a couple months go by and I go and I look at our stat counter and there's like 30 people. <laughs> and there was like this feeling like, who are these 30 people <laughs> who, who, who downloaded Die this model fans. or read this thing? <laughs> now, again, now, now that I understand the internet, it was, there were probably 29 bots and maybe one person and that one person was probably my mom. But still, <laughs> I, it was like this excitement. And when, when someone else is getting value out of what you're doing, it like encourages you to keep doing it. Uh, and, and that's our mantra even today. Like we're super busy. I, you know, we're, we're right now starting a company. We, uh, have full-time, we have families. I've got three kids. Michael has uh, one with another one on the way. Uh, we're in different cities, right? And we're incredibly busy. But what keeps us going is we produce something that's valuable and then people say, hey, thank you. And you know, all, all that takes is a thank you. And then mm -hmm. <laughs> we, can, we keep doing it, right? Um, and so it's grown over time. Uh, it went, you know, 20, 30, 100, 200, thousands. Uh, we, we averaged 85,000 unique visits the first quarter of this year. Wow. Um, it grows every quarter. At some point, we'll hit a limit. There's only so many nerdy real estate financial <laughs> modeling people out there who actually want, who actually care about this stuff. Um, yeah. But you know, wherever that limit is, I don't know. Uh, we, we will continue to do it until we don't find it fun anymore. Uh, we still find it fun, so we're still doing it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I've kind of, I've kind of been playing around, you know, in models myself, just cause I love, I'm a, I'm an Excel geek as well. I love, I love using it to create models and, and build macros and everything. And so I'm starting to look at what you have and, and kind of compare it to what I've built and just kind of see what things you're adding and, and it's been fun. So I appreciate you uh, continuing yeah. to keep that going. Well, that's the idea, right? It's not that, I mean, some people do, they download our models and they use them and that's fine. That's what, well, you know, um, but it's, what it's, an, it's primary purpose is people like you, Matt, wanting to learn and grow and you download someone else's model and you learn something, right? That they do. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. And by the way, this still happens to me today. Like yeah. I'll, I'll get a model in from a deal I'm looking at in my, my real job and someone will do something different. I'll be like, Oh, that's really interesting. I'd never seen it done that way. Or we, we engage a lot with uh, ACR re readers and people will email us. Hey, have you ever thought of doing this? And no, that's actually really cool. And a lot of times, <laughs> by the way, those emails then like spur these weekend explorations right. into two topics. And the next thing you know, there's a blog post that comes out of it because of uh, that. So uh, no, you're, you're spot on. It's, uh, nice. it's just about a passion that, most of, of us who either do this or read, read the blog, it's like, you know, we're just nerds about this stuff and that's why we're doing it, right? Awesome. Well, can I, I'm going to transition again real quick here. So we've talked about kind of specializing in 
understanding the numbers, more of the analyst specialization. <laughs> do you do you believe there's importance in either specialization or generalization? I, I feel like I get that topic often is where, you know, the generalist is dead in real estate and it, it's kind of migrating to specialization. Do you see that? It's, yeah, it's, I think it's always been that way. Yeah. Um, in real estate, it's always been that way, right? Now there are generalists, so I'm not saying that they don't exist. Um, and especially on the LP side of the world, uh, but you're still a specialist in a different way. Um, mm -hmm. But generally we think about specialists in terms of property type and in terms of investment strategy. Um, definitely, right? Uh, if So I lived on the LP side of the world uh, for almost six years mm -hmm. and uh, we look for specialists. Right? That's why we partner with them is because they have a core competency that is valuable to us. Mm -hmm. and, and so as that translates to a career, absolutely. Your value is in what you know. Um, and the more specialized you are, the more value you have. Now, there's some risk in that. You, you get specialized in something that becomes obsolete. Mm -hmm. um, but just the nature. Uh, and in fact, my, my entire speech about uh, deal seasoning is really a conversation around specializing. Whether you like it or not, you become a specialist in mm -hmm. something. And that pigeonholes you, for better or for worse. Um, pigeonholing can't be, isn't necessarily bad if uh, it means you make more money. <laughs> Um, right. in, in that specialty, if, if it's a specialty that you really enjoy. Um, now with all of that said, there's a route that, that early in your career, I think is wise to take. And that is do your best not to do your best to get exposed to a broad set of investment strategies and property types, if you can. Mm -hmm. And, and for some people, look, if you know that you want to be like, you love multifamily and that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life, specialize for sure, because you're going to get to a higher income level faster Quicker, because you're specializing. Right. But if you're not sure yet, um, and, and you can get on at one of these firms and they're hard to get on, right? These are the big, the, the, the big institutions. Um, then that's a great way to go because, uh, and this is what I, this is what I lived, uh, uh, when I was at Northwestern mutual is we saw all property types except for hotels an incredibly valuable experience. Um, and so one, one day you might be underwriting retail, the next day you might be underwriting an apartment and the next day an industrial, actually in the same day, right? <laughs> you might go from an, from an industrial deal to, to a, um, a uh, manufactured housing deal in the same day. Uh, and so that was incredibly valuable and the larger institutions might be able to give you that. Mm -hmm. um, it's still though you're specializing, um, you're just specializing all at once in a variety of things and that gives you some, some options, but at some point you'll want to choose a path because that's where you'll then be able to amplify your earning. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've alluded to this, you're extremely busy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You've got a lot going on right now. You're starting, uh, starting a new real estate group and, and you've got all this, you have three kids. So what does a, a day in the life of Spencer look like? Yeah. So first off, my hobbies are building real estate models uh, talking to young professionals. Uh, it just happens to be that adventures in CRE is my hobby. Um, now right. I do, I do. A, so my other hobby is, um, rock climbing. Okay. And I haven't been able to do that for a few months and I'm kind of antsy about that. Um, but otherwise, uh, you know, my, my hobbies are hang out with my kids, build real estate models and go climbing if I can 
if I can find the time. In terms of like what's a day in the life, right now is different than it was three months ago. Sure. And especially now that uh, I'm, I'm part of a team building a new venture, it's really fun and really cool. And um, it's different. Uh, uh, we start with, a, you know, I wake up in the morning, I get on meetings uh, from the get go. Um, uh, right now we're kind of in building phase and strategizing mm -hmm. phase. And so we haven't gotten to execution. Um, and so every day is a little different. Um, I try to spend time with the family at night and, and try to do something on weekends. Uh, we travel quite a bit. Um, so I, I, I think I told you offline, uh, we've been to Austin twice already this month. Um, mm -hmm. It was just a good way to get out of the house. Um, we were, you know, quarantined on the lake in Austin rather than quarantined at home in Dallas. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so we try to travel a lot and, and that's one of the reasons why, I mean, I loved, I loved what I was doing before. Um, the reason I left is I would wanted more flexibility for my family and, and we really like traveling and we want to be able to explore things. I mean, obviously we went to Panama and, um, and so, uh, you know, we, we travel a lot and the, the beauty of what I do, I, I can, I can do it kind of from wherever. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean a day in the life, it, it's just every day is different. Um, uh, but a lot, a lot of emails, a lot of, uh, zoom calls, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of conversations with people on, on a variety of topics. Um, uh, now I can get into what a day in the life of say an acquisitions professional. I mean, I, I can talk through those, but me personally, yeah, yeah it's, uh, every day is a little different. Um, yeah, and that's, that's what makes, makes it fun for me. Might have to get back online in a few weeks and see, <laughs> see where you're at. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure yeah, it's we, constantly I, changing. I imagine we'll be uh, hopefully uh, in acquisition mode by then. So. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time, Spencer. I know you've got a lot going on, like you said, so I don't want to take any more of your time, but I really enjoyed our, our discussion here and I am sure there's plenty of nuggets that came from this that'll help plenty yeah, of people. I, I, I hope it was valuable to you and those, those who are listening. Um, you know, we really do on Adventures in CRE enjoy adding value to people's careers. So um, for those who are listening, if they're interested, go to the site, you'll find contact info. We're always happy to, to engage, um, download our models, uh, you know, re read, read through our content. And, uh, you know, I'm confident that there's, some, there's a few things for you there that'll, that'll help you a little bit. So. There's definitely more than a few nuggets in there to, <laughs> to provide value. And I appreciate that. And I'll obviously include a link with uh, my, my post here. So Good. Uh, with that, I want to thank, well, thank you. Thank you, again, man. Spencer. Yeah, this has been fun. All right. You have a good one. You too.